welcome to the Talkies by Carmen Line Studios. Three filmmakers talking about movies. My name is D. My name is Kenny. My name is Taylor. And today we are starting Cohen Con. Cohen Con. Cohen Con. With uh, their first, uh, the Cohen Brothers' first movie, Blood Simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so is, we're so we're should we yeah. define Cohen yeah, Con for the yeah, listeners at home? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you were unaware from our last, uh, what was it, eight episodes or something, um, we've been following Kubrick. Yeah, we did a Kubrick deep dive. We did Kubrickon. Yes, Kubrickon. Where you know we just sounds go like a sandwich. over Kubrickon. Ooh, I thought it sounds like Mr. Pickles. Like sounds like Cobra Kai. Ooh, Kubrickon. Ooh, <laughs> no, I don't know, like that. Uh, yeah, so we uh, talked about all of his movies in reverse. Uh, chronological chronological order. order, yeah. <laughs> it was eyes wide shut, down to paths of glory. Yeah, and we and we we kind of picked and choose at the end there, but uh, but that was a lot of fun. So we decided to do the same thing with Cohen Brothers this time, except this time, do it the correct way and start from the beginning. Their first film, Blood Simple. Therefore, yeah. Blood Simple. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, this was my first time watching it. I saw this movie probably fifteen years ago. Probably my first time seeing it. Nice. Um, loved it then, love it today. Wow, wow, big this words. Is my second time seeing it, um, and yeah, I liked this movie a lot. I liked it the first time I watched it, also. Oh my god! And I liked it even more this time. Actually, I, I absolutely love it. Love what, this movie is amazing. I love this movie. What I especially noticed this time that I didn't, I didn't sense this the first time. Now the first time. I could barely, I was in a state where you could, I could barely call myself a filmmaker. If I called myself a filmmaker, I knew I was lying, but I did it anyway, <laughs> right? Uh, and so this time I've, you know, the, the eyes of someone who's done a lot more, a lot more filmmaking, filmmaking. time into the filmmaking world, yeah. um, you can see all the earmarks of, of, a, of new filmmakers in this movie. It's still, it feels like young filmmakers making a film and yet at the same time you see all the traits that we've come to love about the coen brothers hidden in there yeah yeah there's a ton of all kinds of coen brothers stuff in yeah. this movie well, the stuff, stuff that would become like coen brother hallmarks yeah just and you're the, seeing it for the first time yeah the uniqueness cool. of their directing style and uh with things like how the camera floats over the dude on the bar over the bar that's yeah. so you know, good yeah. that's such a coen brothers thing to do yeah. and all the comedy and the uh the uh the plot itself being a hit gone wrong and everybody misunderstands everyone pretty yeah. much yeah that's yeah. a that's almost like there's like three coen brothers movies like that yeah. yeah uh that's how, yeah that just sounds like coen brothers <laughs> yeah <laughs> just that plot right there uh i want to point out that this movie feels like to me uh the kind of movie that somebody would say, like, hey, I saw this movie in the 80s and it was really good. That's what this movie is. 1984. Okay. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that is straight up 80s. That's funny. Well, that, wow, that's, that's Well, you notice how young crazy. Frances McDormand is? Yeah, this? she's very young. Yeah. yeah. Shelly Duvall. That's really interesting. So there were 10 years between Blood Simple and Fargo. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Uh I feel like when I talk about filmmaking as a craft where you have something that you can master, you know, that you have something that you can do the best of, uh, that's this movie. I feel like, 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 uh, like when Kenny, you were talking about 
how a filmmaker has like earmarks, like this movie has the earmarks of, of young filmmakers, someone who uh, does wides when they're supposed to, you know, close-ups when they're supposed to, and OTSs and stuff. Uh, everything felt so well thought out that it was like, it was like, we're showing this for a reason, we're showing this for a reason, and everything was just perfectly fit together. In fact, it felt that way so much that it felt like I needed more creativity on top of it, and and they delivered, I think, a lot yeah. of that. to where It felt like they were filmmakers that have gone through, for some reason, felt like they had already mastered the craft, and like, now we need to do something a little bit more. And they do things like floating over the guy's head and uh, cutting from the dream sequence when the guy vomits blood and... Yeah, like they had the foundations of filmmaking down yeah. and and were using Blood Simple as a vehicle to explore their like creative voices. Right. It's like they already knew what they were doing. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. And the dialogue is freaking amazing. It, it is amazing. Yeah. yeah. They 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 learned lots of tricks between here and Fargo. Writing wasn't one they needed to improve on <laughs> no. at yeah. all. They're like, very they were talented writers. Just Yeah amazing writer. To, to talk about something uh, recently that we saw of the Coen Brothers, not, I guess not that recently, but Buster Scruggs, um, I think about the dialogue that happened in there and in comparison to this movie, they feel identical, not like not like the same kind of words or anything like that, but like the mastery of... Like it's just as good writing. It's just as good. Even though it's been like 30 years. Yeah, it's awesome of... Over 30 years. There are... 50, 40 years? There are a lot of almost yeah cohen brother film either dialogue scenes or monologues where i feel like you could just watch with the image off <laughs> like they're they just stand up really really well yeah on the words alone yeah yeah totally uh what's interesting about blood simple is i think it's um uh it's still like probably in my opinion they're like i guess not counting uh of the ones I've seen, there's only one I haven't seen. That's Lady, Lady, Ki- Killers. Lady Killers, and I heard that's a bad movie. So we'll be getting to that in the future. That'll be interesting, I think. Um, but uh, this movie feels a little rough around the edges yes. compared to pretty much. I feel like almost all of their movies going forward. Yeah. Where like Blood Simple, it was like them still grappling. Like they would do some creative things that. I would see them do again later, but better. Right. And like improve upon the execution of some of their creative things in here. I don't think like fully worked how they, I think maybe wanted them to. Like, like what? Like, um, like there's this crazy shot of, uh, like when, when Francis McDormand and, uh, the, what's his name? The dude who gets shot and they have to get rid of his body the whole time. He's like the main antagonist. Marty. Marty is right, yeah. He, uh, they're like fighting out front of their house, and there's that crazy uh, point of view shot of like something that is like running from the street up to them. Uh, But there isn't anything (laughs) there, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the, um, it reminded me of the shot in uh, Evil Dead when uh they do the point of view of the monster in the evil dead and that's right. how they show the monster just through the point of view and it's running through the forest right it gave me that vibe but it felt like it was an idea that they had to do that they wanted to do and then it was a creative idea that didn't like fully land right yeah. and also here's another really specific one uh is the moment when um the 
I, I can't remember their names, the lover of Francis McDormand, Ray. He's got rid of the body already, uh, and he's driving down the road, and that car is coming, oncoming, and it's flashing its lights, yeah. and it's really tense, and you're like, oh, man, what's this going to be? And when they pass... Uh, the dude gives him, a, flashes him a smile, and like does finger guns at him, and like it's great thematically, and like the tension, like it's so Coen Brothers, but the pure technical execution of it just, was a little sloppy, just a little off, yeah, a little yeah. rough, a little bit quick. The pacing wasn't quite right. That's, that's kind of what I, f- I felt like the movie felt eighties in that yeah. respect, because there were I think a lot of movies that tried to do things like really fast cut. Uh, fight scenes for example like when ray was fighting uh or not ray my bad when uh geez yeah the, the names here yeah. <laughs> marty and the girl uh when they were fighting outside and there was just like these quick cuts of yeah. oh man oh yeah. uh, this, this stuff is crazy and it just it felt unnecessary uh-huh. like whereas like uh, you know a more contemporary movie I, in this respect uh like born identity when they're trying to cut in between all these shots like the point is that they're cutting really fast to provoke like this kind of you know maniacal sense about the scene but here it didn't really feel that way it just kind of felt like quick cuts i wonder what the the conditions were under which they made this film because i think you're totally right taylor um the the next (laughs) film is raising arizona yeah which is just like two years later yeah and it is clockwork polished. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nah, um, it doesn't have any of the roughness that you see. In Blood in, Simple. In Blood Simple. Yeah. So it's like either some major developments happen with them in between or we're talking about different conditions. What I'm assuming is that this is a low-budget film. They probably had a lot of different limitations in terms of gear and crew and time yeah. and resources. That make it harder yeah. to execute those really intricate, yeah. creative ideas. Yeah. Cause that's like what the Coen brothers is all about. Like those, like all their creativity is super intricate Yeah, and like very specific. Yeah. And Raising Arizona, it takes that to like a whole nother yeah. crazy level. I'm excited to get to that. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Like I haven't seen that in a little bit. Yeah. Well, like that, that one shot where they, they go over the guy's head on, in, on the bar yeah. in Blood Simple. Don't compare anything. I haven't seen it. I don't want spoilers. Seen, I don't even want uh, visual spoilers. I don't care. Visual spoiler? I don't care. All right, I guess I'll it's a Just telepathically spoiler. communicate. You guys are related, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, stay, we'll stay on uh, Blood Simple. Fine. <laughs> um, so this movie is like, I would say it's, um, you know how there's like, I feel like there's this young film, to, to the young filmmaker point, there's this thing that all young filmmakers want to do, including myself um is to do like a movie about like a hit gone wrong or like involving some kind of crime uh guys with guns trying to kill somebody yeah. but it, it gets messy i see that a lot yeah in new filmmakers yeah <laughs> including that, myself yes yeah, so, yeah well, like we we've all been there as <laughs> we've all filmmakers. Made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh i think like this movie is probably the best example of that being done uh, at like a really high caliber. Like pretty much the, like it's it's a movie that almost sounds generic, yeah, but is really not at all. Really right? not. Yeah. Right. And when you when you compare it to other masters' first movies, yeah, it's really special. Yeah, 
Totally. Like uh, how competent it is. Yeah. If we, we walk back the years on a lot of the other big filmmakers out there and you get to the you get to the first work, so I mean we joke about Christopher Nolan's first movie. His quote first movie. <laughs> the following was his first movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched um the Wachowski's first movie. Uh-huh. It's kind of a kind of a similar thing where you could see oh you you can tell these are the guys that are going to make the Matrix, but it's nowhere near as strong a movie. Yeah, right. As as this Blood is. Simple. Yeah. yeah, even uh, Kubrick's first movie yeah. isn't nearly as good as this. Yeah, Fear and Desire. Yep. Coen Brothers, they know what's up. They don't. <laughs> they don't fuck I, around. They I've, make good I've movies. I've believed it since I was I don't know, twenty one. I, I I had decided Coens yeah. were the best. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that opinion has really changed at all. Yeah, they're so solid. Always, they're just yeah. always hella uh, solid. I, I, honestly, yeah. the thing I'm most excited about, other than just rewatching these movies uh, for Cohen Con here, is to get to the few that are contentious, the 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 few that have some conversation around them. Uh, yeah, one of those is Lady Killers. Yeah, one of those, and then there's of course, uh, uh, cruel. Intolerable, intolerable, intolerable cruelty, cruelty. Yeah. ghost directed Go- and written <laughs> yeah, by, <laughs> yeah. which uh, for some reason they they, they would, wouldn't even put their names on. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to dig into those because um, it's easy to stand back and look at the Coens and just be like they're yeah perfect yeah and then to say every single <laughs> yeah. movie they made is great yeah, yeah. yeah. but a lot of people look over those two. Uh, and I haven't even seen those two movies. Yeah. So when when I look at Coen Brothers, we, we first uh, learned, or I first learned about it in film school when we started talking about script writing, and we looked at Fargo as a as an example of you know really good script, script writing. Um, everything that I learned in film school, uh, Coen Brothers just do, and they do it really really well. And so the, it's really easy to analyze their films and and see what's going on that's that's good so when someone asked me if you know what's a what's your favorite director usually i come out with you know the more artistic one uh, in my head anyway where it's Denis villeneuve or christopher nolan but uh but cohen brothers are so good you know so just good at what they do that i just i can't help but just think that you know, there's some of the best filmmakers around, and and I love that. I, love that. I consider the Coens more creative than I would, or you said you used the word artistic, but I would cons- artistic could I, mean many things. I consider yeah. them more artistic than than Nolan or yeah. or yeah. Denis. Well, it depends on what you mean by generic, I guess. At yeah. that point, yeah, in generic, in in my view, because I learned about filmmaking from people like the Coens. Uh, uh, again, they they use everything that I've learned to its mastery level, whereas Nolan focuses a lot on the visuals side of things. So that when I say more artistic, I mean less less film about the script structure, non film schooly kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So so they they know how to use all the right tools the right way. Yeah. But they use them to do thing to to say things that are very creative. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's good filmmaking. Yeah. 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 Uh, Neither of you guys have seen Hudsucker Proxy. Oh yeah, that that's, right? I have not seen that. I've not seen like yeah. actually like half right. the films that these I'm guys have I'm delighted made. about the prospect of showing you guys that movie. <laughs> I'm I'm really interested in what we're gonna have to say about Martin Fink because 
I've never heard anyone talk about that movie. I really like that I movie. I love yeah. Barton. Yeah. See, it's so weird because every time I've said it, just said the name, I never get a reaction from anyone. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's one of that. their less talked about movies, yeah. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But so is Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah. yeah. So I often mention it and people don't know it's by the, even by them. Right. And uh, Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing is probably their least known film. Yeah. And that movie's yeah. awesome, too. Yeah. This is going to be fun, guys. Yeah, so... This is uh, episode talking about excited. So, I adore the character of the private investigator. Yep. Uh, he's just kind of like... He's like a, a larger-than-life Texas archetype. Like yep. I felt like he just like represents Texas. I uh, Yeah, I've been watching the Fargo series, uh-huh. and uh, uh, which is really good, by the way. But the... Uh, um, I feel like the characteristics of the characters and the places that they use in there is kind of like throughout all their other films. They have, they have, uh, I feel like they have a draw to the more rural parts of, of towns and stuff, no uh, with Fargo and with, uh, this movie, there was another one. Oh, with Buster Scruggs, stuff like that. I feel like the, the archetype of Texans and stuff like is something that you see a lot in their, their movies just they, like, Oh, uh, no Country for Old Men. Yeah, also. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where they just they just know how to put together these people that are completely believable. Yeah, and you're just like, oh yeah, I know that guy. He lives down the street. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think they like uh, very like striking locations. They yeah. like locations that are you know stark. Right. It's either snow everywhere, desert everywhere. You know, sand. You sure. Know, they really like that, and then they like characters that are that that have a culture that have yeah. like a deep culture yeah like them the minnesota or yeah you know, exactly. or even <laughs> even the people in uh a serious man yeah where yeah all of them are are this are just everyday people but they all have such unique characteristics about them yeah. and the dude just is the quintessential version of that. Yeah. The whole movie's about it's what that, it's about. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's really funny what they did with the antagonist or what I, I would say as is the antagonist of this movie, uh, being Marty in that Marty is an antagonist that is like, kind of like, like, I don't, I believe him entirely as somebody who ha- is capable of doing harm or, being a bad guy but he's like beat down the whole movie like yeah. he never has the upper hand yeah ever yeah and he just yeah. keeps getting just like thwarted and, all the time and it, it appears he he's reaching further in like like he's he's dabbling into levels of bad badness that yeah. he's not cut out for yeah exactly right? like like there's part of him that he believes he's this thug that could call out a hit yeah. on someone but as soon as he realized it's happened, he's puking. See, yeah, exactly. You know? That's yeah. the thing that I like so much about, I think, <laughs> Coen's in general, is that I feel like yeah. they do do things like that, where they take the film that everyone's imagining already, and they're just like, it doesn't turn out that way, though. Yeah. This is more real life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, it doesn't turn out that way. It yeah. doesn't turn out the way you'd think it would. Right. And virtually all of their movies that involve some kind of heist-like plot some you crime know, element, yeah. Uh, are are people getting in over their head? Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's like Far- that's Fargo. Like obviously all of their comes movies. to mind. Yeah. Burn after yeah. reading. Yeah. 
you know, no country for old men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are people getting involved in things that they think they're ready to get involved in, and they're just wrong. They're just yeah, completely just wrong. Dead right. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's such a cool idea. That's something my screenwriter professor would say all the time. Is she would say she go, filmmakers they tell the same story over and over and over and over again. They're always telling the same story, and that makes sense when you think about it. In the Coen Brothers, is they're taking that idea and they do it over and over mm-hmm. again. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean they're treading the same ground. It's just they're expanding upon and reimagining. Sharpening, I think. Yeah, sharpening. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. even in doing it in different kind of stylistic contexts. Yeah. Like Fargo has like just the darkest comedy. Right. But No Country for All Men is like 100% dead serious. Right. No yeah, comedy super whatsoever. Serious. Yeah, no comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like, I think like, the theme that I want to talk uh, that I think Cohen's do that we've just been talking about where the things don't turn out as you think they do. Uh, I want to compare it to, I, I know we keep going to other movies here, but, uh, <laughs> talk about everything, but, yeah, no, <laughs> um, but a serious man, when, when, uh, the dude's at the dentist and he's talking about, he's talking about the story that he experienced yeah. with this other guy who had symbols in his teeth. Um, yeah. that story that he tells that doesn't really have an ending. I feel like is, every movie that they've made (laughs) it's like you're telling the story and you're and like as the audience you're like oh i've seen this i know where this is going and you're like wait a second and then and then it keeps going you're just like oh that's not what i thought and then it ends and you're like what was that (laughs) like wow yeah it's like a head scratcher and and it gets it's kind of it's dark in that respect it's very dark yeah Yeah. they they're able to craft like some really bleak moments using that kind of using that to call it a technique, I right. would say. Yeah. yeah, like at the end of this movie, Blood Simple, I really thought, uh, what's his name, the the assassin dude was going to kill the girl. Yeah. And that would just leave, you know, on a happy tune <laughs> and the guy did what he wanted and yeah. now he's done. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she she thought it was Marty. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, he laughs. And right. that her and Ray... We're never able to clear up what happened to Marty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ray never was able to tell her that Marty's dead. Yeah, yeah. The resolution was never there. he assumes yeah. that she knows. Yeah, because how else would her gun be there? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. And from their point of view, like, I'd be in the same shoes as him. I'd be like, yeah. how, you're, what do you mean? Like, of course yeah. it was you. Who, yeah. How, that would meant, that would have mean, if for your gun to be there, it would have meant somebody would have had to break in, yeah. steal the gun, have a change <laughs> of heart, and then go back and shoot him there. How ridiculous. How ridiculous and i love but that is what happened i, I love the uh, the constant close-ups of the fish on the counter yeah just going just the person thinking what <laughs> like keep thinking fish why here? are why? there fish here why yeah. are there fish? and they never they never they never wrap it up no yeah it's great they just leave it that's just that's just a strand we're just gonna leave it yeah it's great and i think that's interesting because i think that speaks to real life in a way, yeah. whereas in real life, you try to connect things and you can't, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just can't. Sometimes and, things yeah. are just inexplicable. Sometimes yeah. things will never be explained, right? And sometimes it just doesn't matter. That's, that's a know? serious man all over. That's yeah, that's what yeah. that movie's you about. Think yeah. Things yeah. have meaning. You, you want to put meaning into something, and it doesn't necessarily always have meaning. Yeah, right. and, and then even this movie told us something did have meaning, and then it didn't. Right. Yeah. The lighter. The lighter. Yeah. yeah. And right. the, they're like, he left the lighter and the gun, and maybe even the oh, it the don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Ever matter. And then what's interesting is taking that like real life idea of things me- being some things just kind of not really meaning much and applying it to a film where in a film, 
everything is supposed to mean everything. Yeah. But you're just taking something that it, it does kind of happen in real life and applying it in a, in a film See? and it like subverts okay. reality. What you're Whoa. saying? What you're saying right there? I think is a perfect example of why I don't like new filmmakers <laughs> when they think they're people like the Coen brothers and they haven't mastered these techniques. One, I don't remember the film that comes to mind, but like we, okay, so we did, you know, a thing where we used to watch short films and then judge them, right? Uh-huh. So one of the things that these guys did was created a shot that he said that he did on purpose. And you're like, that's great. That you did it on purpose. Why did you do it? Right? Yeah. And I don't think he could explain that. We didn't ask him why, but because it was a one-way thing. But in here, the the shots of the fish, you know, the shots of the uh, of the lighter, there's reasons why they did these things. And you can watch them and you understand things that come to light. You're like, oh, the lighter's important. And then later on you figure out, oh, it wasn't important. Oh, they were fooling me, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the sucker here. But I could easily see a new filmmaker doing the same exact thing and being like, yeah, I focused on the Coke can while these two guys were talking, and it wasn't yeah. that wasn't that cool? And yeah. you're just like, well, well, why'd you well, do that? Yeah, but why? Yeah. To what end? <laughs> right? To what end exactly? I can't tell you how many times I've seen. I mean, it's a videography, so it's different. But I've been at events, weddings, and stuff like that, yeah. where the videographer just can't help but shoot something going on through a glass of champagne. <laughs> right? The glass is there, and they're like, wouldn't it be cool if I just got behind this glass and shot? Through the glasses, champagne, and yeah, it's cool. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool, but what does that Why? do? You know, He's just really bored. You know what the yeah. things that uh, one of the things I'm guilty of, and I've seen other videographers do with weddings, and I'm, this this is completely connected. When uh, okay, when someone like does like a lean in behind a doorway to reveal uh, the bride getting ready for her uh, yeah, for yeah, her stuff. Yeah. So you've seen that shot, classic, right? like that, classic. Uh, what that does Classic wedding. What that does is introduce voyeurism, right? Yeah. You're you're watching something that you shouldn't necessarily be watching. And then they cut inwards and now suddenly everything's fine. I'm like, why did you have that shot? Well, it's because in their head it's a reveal. Mm. But they don't have a purpose. They don't have a, an end in mind. It's just because I'm here and I think this looks cool and it's dynamic. It's the reason why every goddamn filmmaker has a slider. <laughs> yeah. And they just shoot every interview with a slider because Because it's Cool. It's dynamic and it's cool. It's yeah, cinematic. Wow. I want it to look cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, without an end in mind, at least in your head, you know, it, it doesn't really doesn't mean anything. And the Coens have that just mastered. Yeah, you know, they're a, using it to make an artistic statement. Yeah, yeah, an actual statement, and you can tell, you know, that the things have these to, to mind. Like even, I think the point is when you look at like the cuts of the fish, right? When the fish are on the counter, and we keep going from back to her, back to the fish, back to her, back to the fish. It, the point is that they're making a statement here, even if you can't tell what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not just a single shot that's left over somewhere that they cut in. They keep going back to it. Right? Yeah. There's something happening. Same with the lighter. It's it's close-ups, but it's in different locations everywhere, right? During different kinds of movements that he's doing. Again, it's purposeful. So, yeah. Rant over. <laughs> I love this one, the one sequence where... Uh, she wakes up in the morning at Ray's house and then she's surprised by Marty who is snuck in and tries to attack her, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that you could just f- follow the textbook rules. You, you, you don't, you know, you leave some negative space behind her and then he sneaks into that negative space and ooh, big surprise. And yeah. that, that's just how you do it in any movie. Right. I love that it started off with her hearing a dog panting 
and seeing this dog and us immediately knowing that this dog's out of place and her being like, why, why is the dog here? Yeah. Then revealing the guy and then the dog's panting becoming the score for the, the, the intensity of the scene. Yeah. Was, it's just, uh, that's Cohen brother creativity on, Absolutely. on display at its best. It's just, it's a very simple scene and they made it so much like that's what makes a scene dynamic yeah right sure. absolutely is is the, that kind of creativity yeah. to, uh, that that when it when he does come in that actually did make me jump a little bit when his arm comes around yeah after yeah. all that build up yeah. it really it throws you for a loop when they revealed the dog yeah right. like, wait what what's going on here yeah. it makes there's you a little there's disoriented. an additional piece there yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i still love that she beats him anyway yeah <laughs> yeah i do too um the uh, the ceiling fan is another example of that. Yeah. Right. Where they use the ceiling fan almost as dialogue. Uh-huh. Right. Like like they pick up the phone and they hear the ceiling fan, fan which is not yeah, so menacing. Which is like that doesn't happen, right? You can't hear yeah. a ceiling fan through a phone. But the fact that they've used it plenty of times before, where the guy's staring at the fan, you know, Marty, uh, it it comes to be synonymous. It's like almost his theme. Yeah, right. and so like when she picks up picks up the phone, it's already menacing that there's no one on the other line, and then yeah. they just hang up. But that's in every movie. Yeah. So I'm like, to to go Cohen Brothers with it, you're just like, well, let's take but that theme. Beyond put it that, in there. Put it the, the, the phone, ceiling yeah. fan is is part of their placemaking. I've talked about before how the the Coens are just master of giving you a sense of a location, yeah, of making you feel like you know the place. And in Blood Simple, in this small town in Texas. The, the ceiling fan is an Im- important it's everywhere yeah right it's in every room we're in a place that is always hot where people don't have a lot of money they're not running air conditioners they have ceiling fans sure. going all the time you have sweaty foreheads you're uncomfortable yeah you're you're middle to low income yeah right you just feel it throughout and it's cool that what they use sort of like like you suggested like a a dialogue piece right also is is what sort of glues together the sense of place yeah mm-hmm. yeah i love it parts of this movie feel a little horror yeah horror yeah horror a little a little <laughs> a little horror a little thought like a little horror <laughs> prostitute yes i see that's what i'm yeah. saying oh pay to play <laughs> yes sure exactly <laughs> horror. Yeah, horror 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 tell Her. me about the horror tropes well i mean just like the 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 dog sequence with fucking what's his name marty, marty? yeah and marty's his last name actually what's his first name yeah i don't know they call him marty <laughs> they call him marty yeah <laughs> uh that sequence uh a lot of the sequences of uh, i think francis mcdormand like hiding in the apartment and like towards the end and and uh her nightmares man that whole spooky that whole uh scene where the assassin's coming into the house like that part felt horrific horrific for him actually from yeah. his point of view yeah he's like oh is someone gonna is ray gonna come up and shoot him yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i feel i feel bad for him for the assassin tell me what uh you guys felt because I knew it was coming in this viewing, but the first time I watched Blood Simple, I was really shocked to see Ray go down. When, oh yeah, when he was shot, it 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 really surprised me because he felt like a a very primary and uh, protagonist. I was expecting it only because 
Cohen's, you know, have okay. colored my mind in that yeah. respect. What I was actually surprised over was Marty getting shot. Uh, oh, it, the, yeah. From the assassin. That yeah. that made me jump. And I was just like, I didn't know that was in his plans. The This, this assassin guy has his own, his yeah, own playbook. His own agenda here. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't surprised the first time I saw it so much. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just because I... I had, I was really familiar with the Coen brothers yeah. already, so that wasn't too out of left field for me. I can tell you, though, to that respect, uh, in Fargo, I was very surprised when the when the uh, I don't I don't remember who it was, but when so- someone when someone someone was brought harm, something happened in that movie, and I was just like, oh wow, I was not expecting that. Same with uh, what's his name in Burn After Reading. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's, ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> I that's love amazing. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we are talking about more Coen Brother movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, just they're so good, is all. They're well, <laughs> so much of what it's hard not to think about every other yeah. Coen Brother movie after watching Blood Simple because yeah. of everything done in Blood Simple is is revisited in one piece or another in all of their other movies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I can say this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so I'm I'm coming back to Blood Simple, starting with uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. In that, when I because that was around the earlier time of my exposure to Coen Brothers, uh, the ending kind of made me go, eh, I left a bad taste in my mouth, <laughs> which I know is supposed to. But anyway, uh, just before the ending though, when they had this climax ha- happening. And then they started doing this de-escalation, you know, the the falling action, as people would call it. Um, usually in movies, they, that falling action is very small. It'll just yeah. happen, and then that's the conclusion of the movie, right? Um, and you're just like, wow, what a ride, because you you ended on such a high note, uh, and then you had a small falling action. No Country for Old Men had a pretty long one. Yeah. This one, Blood Simple, I felt like had the perfect amount, and, and I think it's because of that scene where... Uh, what's his name's hand was stabbed with a knife. Yeah. Uh, the emotions were running so high in that scene because not only are these two people who uh, have been basically after each other that that they didn't they didn't know mm-hmm. you know they were after each other but they were for the longest time finally meet up and then we finally have the showdown that we were looking for where the girl kills the other guy thinking he's Marty like there's a lot of different things happening here and I feel like that's the the climax that nobody asked for, but was expecting the whole time. And I really like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. The no one expecting it, but it's like obvious in yeah. retrospect in a way. Yeah. Or like it's, it was all leading to that moment, but nobody knew, but nobody knew. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because there it. was so much misunderstanding between the characters. Right. And, and it, and it didn't disappoint, you know, and I just, yeah. I just love that we, we ended on such a crazy, and it was thing. cool because like the the movie ends exactly where the movie should, or like it has nothing left after that. Every single p- piece on the board, all the plots, had been are tied up. completely done. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as like it, it's done, it's over. Are you like, done we, with it? We don't get yeah. an epilogue. We don't know what happens afterwards. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. See, this so is much. this is why I look at directors like Paul Greengrass, and I'm just like. Ah, cringe, bro. Because like I looked back and I was like master people, Cohen brothers. You know, look at look at what they can do with film, and you're doing this. <laughs> this is this ain't cool. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Uh, Paul Greengrass has a lot of those things where he has epilogue, 
Yeah. You know, he's just like, okay, well now we did the thing. Now check out what happens to the characters afterwards. Yeah, and I'm damn. just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it just all depends on what you've set up previously. Yeah. Right. And in, and in this movie, the ending literally tied up all things that had been set up. Right. Right. If part of, part of the setup was that she was looking for love. Right. 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 Uh, then maybe the after, there would be an afterward oh, where she or, finds that yeah. love. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we don't care so much about that. The yeah. real thing we cared about was did does she know what happened to Marty? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And one of the I think that also speaks to their I mean just directing ability to take what was written and turn it into something that was visual and then edit it because as we know like the best movies of all time go through a heavy amount of revision, right? Where like, like star Wars, for example, was even a, a completely different movie by the time it was finished. You know, I wonder if you look at something like blood simple as a script and see that there were things that they shot that they should not have had in the uh, final. And they just cut it out thinking, Oh yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. Let's cut it out. Whereas most directors might leave it in, just because for length, just mm-hmm. because for blah blah blah, just because we had we paid this actor and they're in the credits, so they need to be in here. Like I feel like right. there's there's artists behind this name behind Blood, Blood Simple rather than I don't know business deals. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, one uh, a movie that comes to mind when we talk about uh, epilogues, epilogues. That's the one yep. at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prologue, prologue, <laughs> epilogue. Yeah. Uh, is um, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Right, because it it epilogues for a long time. <laughs> Four different epilogues. But all of but all are tying up. There's different pieces there yeah. that yeah. all started. They yeah. all had a, an end in mind, yeah. and and they needed to pay off that end. Right. Uh, simple movie, Blood Simple is a simple movie. It's very simple, yeah. In terms of its moving pieces, yeah. They they avoided the temptation of overdoing it. Yeah, I think it was funny also that like. I thought it was really funny how he's laying dead in the bathroom, like a dying, and his head's under the sink. And we cut to that point of view shot of him looking up at the bottom of the sink. Something about that's really funny. Like, I love that. Like, the funny thing about so much. Like, the idea is that, like, the final thing you see in your life right. is the bottom of a sink. <laughs> right. And that's its water's I, dropping on I always you. thought that I got was from kind it. Of, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's nihilistic almost. I, it is, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was kind of poignant. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like it's bleak. Like, here you were involved in in these great machinations, you know these big plans, and as you as you're dying, your last thought is, it's that has a leak. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, hey, that has a leak. <laughs> See, that's what I love so much. Now thinking about uh, No Country for Old Men, the ending of that yeah. one. Yeah. It feels so good when you when you look at the theme in general, and people people like to like look at movies and then analyze them based on what they've seen and what they've interpreted. Right. And things can interpret a many a myriad different of ways. Right. And people have gone into Fargo talking about, uh, and, and no country for old men talking about all kinds of symbolism. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that will talk about the fish in this movie or have talked about it, um, being so symbolic of something. And I like that, that at least to me, it feels like it's intentionally, unsymbolic mm-hmm. non-symbolic mm-hmm. that they're that they're putting something forth to make you the viewer look at it and just be like well what are you trying to say and then just have that question hanging in the air yeah 
and then realize that it, it doesn't really amount to anything and that's what life is i feel like that's what it is but that's probably just my interpretation of it but yeah anyway i like it though that's what i get out of it that's yeah. what i've always thought of the coen brothers like they're they always kind of hit this like comedic nihilism yeah often i mean like they even literally have nihilists in the big lebowski like yeah. literally well i mean to a to a very small degree comedic nihilism that's that's the uh driving off in the direction of the dead end yeah right you know? oh yes right. the two uh, yeah. times yeah. where they like Both speed off anger time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's me that's like just the funniest i stuff. love that. it's good i think that is so yeah. hilarious yeah he speeds off and then he's like all right oh, turn around and, and then that, turn around that yeah. awkward moment after like like that would never happen in a movie you yeah know? yeah but it, but it would happen in real life maybe yeah, yeah. and i love that just that they kind of laugh it off they don't put it like it's such a poignant joke yeah, they just you know, let it play out, and, right. and he goes. And then the way they show it the second time when they do a callback to it, they don't even show it. They, they just do it's sound. It's just the sound, yeah. yeah. And it's so funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so subtle. It but is. Awesome. It's great. Um, Super good. I think, um, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, I was watching, because I actually don't know that much about, like, the Coen brothers and, like, their how they got into filmmaking. They're, they're they're pretty mysterious. They're mysterious people. Yeah, there are yeah. there they were are sent down from the heavens as natural born filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, so well, they that's stay what out it feels of the like. spotlight. They don't. Yeah, there's there's very few. There's like a handful of interviews with them. They're not celebrities. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if I remember correctly, I, I think I was watching one interview with them, um, where they said that Blood Simple was a movie that they cringe at, that they like. Yeah, that they they're like. They kind of don't like it, yeah. and they they see it as kind of like a, I, mean, I can see the rough edges in it, right? And yeah. I'm sure that's all they see, right? Yeah, right. Well, just like you said, we compare it to Raising Arizona two years later. Yeah, it's a massive leap forward. Yeah, just way better overall. Yeah, in terms of like just roughness and yeah. technicalities and yeah. stuff like that. Well, you can just see they're they're able to do the things in their imaginations better. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes kind of like Blood Simple pretty unique. That's why you almost like. In this case, I, I would give the rough edges a little more of a pass because they're trying their best to execute the visions in their head with right. what they have. Right. And I don't know. I can't really mess with that. Yeah. Like, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. The only other first film I could think of that it just captures the, the character of the filmmaker for, for the rest of their, like, like this tells you what kind of filmmakers the, the Coens are going to be onward, uh -huh. right? Uh, and is good. Uh -huh. And the only other film I can think of that does that in terms of a first film is Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Reservoir Dogs being oh, wow, safe yeah. with Tarantino. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a statement. He's like, I am Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. This is what it is. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Coen Brothers are, are, that, are like that too. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. That is interesting. I, I'm still, I'm still like really kind of blown away that this was 1984. Because <laughs> like, I don't know, in my head I was like, this is like early 90s, even though it's so obvious, like that it sounds so 80, it looks so 80s. Um, but I feel like I'm getting that 90s vibe because it feels like the movie feels like in terms of story, execution, creativity, feels like an indie mid 90s indie movie like it's straight up 10 full years ahead of its time mm. that's kind of the impression i get from it i wonder if 80s if early 80s is like for me what contemporary filmmaking like started out as because 
uh, when I look at movies that are older than 80s, I, I start to see the, the aging, what I would call it, you know, where I start to see, um, oh, uh, that's a different type of acting that they're doing. Or that's a different kind of music sure. or sound effects. When that's ever present in 80s movies and 90s movies also, they have just the cultural thing that's happening in within those movies. But I, I don't know. I can forgive them. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's just 80s that I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's movies. Well, they were the movies when you were when a, I was a child. Kid, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. um, One thing about Cone Rev movies in, in general, but specifically with this one, Flood Simple, uh, is that, man, they make me want to make movies <laughs> <laughs> so much. Have that response to every Cohen movie yes. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I That's watch awesome. it. I'm just like, oh man, oh I, I remember doing. Oh, I want to well, do that again. Well, <laughs> especially with a movie like Blood Simple. Yeah, it's like a- everything you see in this movie that that we could go do well, like right now. That's what I mean yeah. by you know, by, it's low budget. Yeah. it's simple practical effects. Yeah, in No Country for Old Men, it feels that way a lot to me too. Yeah, because the shots are so simple. Yeah, and Blood Simple is also so simple. Uh, I just yeah, I just love how clean everything is. It's just. Just, it feels really well thought out to me. You yeah. Know? It does not feel messy at all. Yeah. There's no extraneous material here. I love that. That's epic. That's, That's epic. so epic. That is so epic. Um, I got a question for y'all. All right. Okay. So imagine if you will. Okay. Okay. This movie, Blood Simple. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm imagining. Imagine the essence of this movie. Okay. My brain. If it were a pizza. Mm. Okay. If it were a pizza. Can I do a peach? No. No. Okay. It has to be pizza. What kind of pizza would it be? I know. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Wait a second. You're, 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 you're saying this as if we've done this all the time. He already knows. You <laughs> I, know, already exa- know. I know exactly what pizza this is. What is it? This is a um, uh, Mountain Mike's pepperoni pizza with uh, red chili flakes. That's oh, great. Yeah. Delicious. That sounds awesome. Fresh, wow. fresh Zesty. Though. It's fresh, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, just... Uh, just picked it up. All right. Straight from the shop. Dang. It's good Delicious. Pizza. That's pretty dang good. Zesty. Zesty. Fast food. Spicy. <laughs> okay, I got one. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a pizza place that's no longer around over uh, by my house called... Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Oh, Cool River Pizza. Hmm. Uh, it might still be around for another place. Anyway, uh, they have this crust that when they cook the pizza, they put butter on the crust and they have like little chives on it. Wow. Or not or chives, but you know, little herbs. I know, yeah, exactly that noise. Uh, so when you eat the pizza, it's, you know, great pizza, great toppings. This is pepperoni, uh, completely pepperoni pizza. Uh-huh. But, you, but you eat it and you get to the crust and you're just like, you know, it's the end of, end of the game and you keep eating it and you're just like, oh man, this is another, this is another thing here. Mm. You're just like, there's two parts to this pizza. <laughs> it's, it's that good. Wow. Yeah. That's Whoa. That sounds delicious. It's Whoa. Great. What is it? Yeah. I would say... Uh, this is a blood orange pizza with this... caramelized onions. Oh, damn. That sounds kind of good. <laughs> uh, no, I'd say I'd say this This is... Uh, you're, you're at, you're at a, uh, a family reunion with uh, Mommy Nona. You know, mommy Nona. She's your Who? she's she's your Italian great aunt. Mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tita. And like, I've uh, never met her. And you're there. Uh, you're <laughs> there when when her grandson makes his first pizza, first time. <laughs> pizza. And and it's um, it's amazing. 
It's a oh. very, very good pizza, and it's so good that it inspires. The, it, it, it's so, it makes the people at the party so happy that it inspires him that he's going to make pizza the rest of his life. Oh, wow. And you know that when you're eating it, you're, you're, you are at the beginning of yeah. something. It's going to be great. Amazing. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but is it really mm. that good, this though? Sounds could like a kid heavy, really make a good pizza? This sounds like a very heavy parallel. Well, he could. He could because his, his why would I trust just like a random kid? His well, his grandma <laughs> is is Mama Nona. No, the thing is, <laughs> she she she, she tossing down secrets. The, the thing is, you this you is Italy, tasting. man. Wait, so who was Coen Brothers mentors then? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. F- film school. He's <laughs> oh okay. You, film school you've tasted is. <laughs> his pizzas from from the future, and now you're talking about an older one. Oh, and you're like, you can see where he's gonna go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So imagine you could go back in time. <laughs> Find the original Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, <laughs> I, I'm a Papa John. Papa, that's it. Kenny, end us out, man. You've been listening to the Talkies and By Carmen uh, Line Studios. You've been listening to the Talkies <laughs> from Carmen Line Studios, and uh, this was just the beginning of Cohen Con. I believe our next episode means raising Arizona. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Raising Arizona. We haven't done any research. So. Still believe it's Nicolas Cage's best performance of his life, except for Mandy. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Let, let, and, uh, let the jury deliberate. What's that movie on that uh, one? Wicker Man. except for that tune in every single Friday to get new episodes of the talkies wherever you listen to podcasts and YouTube yes sir is that all we say in the outro that's all we say laters thank you bye guys